This is Umami Conversations. Conversations to feed your soul. Thank you for leaving a review on Apple and Spotify and rating us. Enjoy this episode. Blessing. So it's called I am consumed. I'm consumed by your love. I'm consumed by how much you loved me unconditionally. I am consumed by how much you cared for me. I am consumed by how much you made sure I got whatever I needed and even whatever I want. I'm consumed by how much you wanted me to be successful. I'm consumed by how much you wanted me to be free. I'm consumed by how much you never wanted me to be in need. I am consumed by how much you wanted me to be an entrepreneur. I'm consumed by how much you loved my smile. I'm consumed by the number of times you called me beautiful. I'm consumed by the joy you showed when you took me shopping for my internship. I'm consumed by the pride you had in me in my work in international trade. I'm consumed by your laughs that that brought me joy, so much joy that I still feel when I see your smile. I'm consumed by how you saw the good in everyone, no matter whom or what. I am consumed by how you made a great man out of my brother until he married, till he got married. I'm consumed by your fierceness as you advocate for you. I'm consumed by how you stood up to corrupted power, how you spoke truth to power. I'm consumed by your grace and I wish I had that grace. I'm consumed by the memory of you running the parents' race at my primary school and came dead last, but still smiled. I am consumed, sorry, by the memory of you running the parents' race at my primary school and came dead last and still smiled. I am confused by all the love you poured into others. You did not pour as much love for yourself into you. I realized that I loved my mother so much. It's in her death that I realized that I loved her bad. Hey y'all, thank you for tuning in today. This is our last episode for our third season. This episode is with a friend of mine, sister of mine called Claricia Christie, and she shares about her story of grief. Here's a little bit about who Claricia is. And before I do that, I just wanted to say a big thank you to every single person that tuned in this season and has encouraged and empowered us to keep going. We are so grateful. So yeah, here's a bit about Claricia. Claricia Christie hails from the beautiful island of Jamaica and ended up in Canada by way of Barbados. She's an international trade consultant, an educator, an advocate for women, economic empowerment, and poverty reduction. She loves all forms of art, especially visual art. Anyone that knows Claricia knows that she's a photographer. She loves photography and uses photographs as storage of memories through her photo business site, Expressive Memories. She's an idea who wants to see a world where women are on equal footing with men, especially in the world of trade and a world free of poverty, financially, physically, mentally, and emotionally. This is 
Love, Loss, and Grief with Claricia Christie. This is a sensitive topic, so just make sure that you're ready before you tune in. Claricia. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I am good. Today is a good day. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's yes. it's been really good. I've been thinking a lot about my family and what it's like um mm. being far away from them. But mm. what is how good it is to when you reconvene, how beautiful it is to be together. And it's mm. like a yes. big warm hug. <laughs> and I'm I still feeling that. it from from my I, I just got back from the from um the Caribbean and I had a opportunity to meet up with a lot of my family members and it was beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I feel good. I love that. Yeah. A big warm hug. Yes, it is. Wow. Yeah. It family, is. family, family, depending on the, the family you grew up in, I think family doesn't definitely feel like a, feels like a big warm hug and you being away from them, I could only imagine, you know, how long did you spend in uh, back um, home? I was um, there for five weeks. Five weeks. Okay. That's yeah. good. Yeah. At least, you know, it's not those like, oh, I went for two weeks. Like, why? Why do you even go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everybody wants a piece of you, you know? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And did you grow up in um, in Jamaica? Yes, I Sorry, did. I, I, I was born and raised in Jamaica. I, uh, I left Jamaica in 1999 for Barbados to complete um, an internship there and I stayed there for another eight years. <laughs> and then I came to Canada after, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And when you came, um, did you come here by yourself or did you come here with a family member or anything? No, I came by myself. By yourself. So everybody <laughs> yeah. was back home, your mom, your parents, everybody was, was there. Home. Yeah. Awesome. By the time I got here, my dad was already gone. He left in 2000, the year 2000. Mm. in the month of my birth in 2000 yeah okay my condolences dear i guess there's a lot of condolences to give you today i'm saying um (laughs) you know one of the main reasons why we're here is because this conversation was triggered by um a statement that you made when uh i spoke to you when you were in jamaica and you you know, because we've been trying to get you to to come here to to chat, yeah. and then you mentioned something about how being in your mother's home brought you a lot of memories. Just have you in kind of in your in your feelings, you know? Yeah, I did. I and did. Um, and I guess the reason why is because you also uh, your mother also transitioned. You told me in the month of March of 2017, right? Yeah. So. Today, I really would love for you to kind of share with us just this whole process, you know, because there is one thing, mm-hmm. there is one thing as humans that we cannot pass over and it's death. Oh, that's, that's the one thing that no matter what you do, what you try to do, <laughs> you cannot mm-hmm. Go over it. it, it, it no. you, you can't just say like, oh, I'm, I'm going to skip that part. No, it's going to happen to each and every one of us. And for me, sadly, I've had not my direct parents, but my very close friends, like mm-hmm. my, my childhood friends, um, their mother transitioned. And I know how I felt by the news, but I could only imagine how they feel. And I could never... I guess until it, it happens to me, because my mom is, her age is progressing, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I I I I cannot. I don't even know what to say because it's it's such a sensitive thing, and I saw what it did to one of my friends. Yeah, and um, you know, it's been a few years that your mom transitioned, and I really would love for us to, as I said, like kind of dive into a bit of the experience of going through of losing a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that your your father had transitioned already, that means she was like the only one that you had for the longest time. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And, you know, as you spoke, something came to me. So I lost my uncle in June of this year. And I was I remember driving and it hit me. You know, that's line from that Prince song. Let's go crazy. A day is going to come. We're all going to die. And I'm like, wait a second. Death is inevitable. inevitable. And I'm like. I'm like, I'm a grown woman. This is just now I'm really realizing that it is inevitable, right? And for me, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die one day too. Mm. Like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not invincible, right? Yeah. But going back to the loss of my mom, I just remember going home to take care of her. It was a, even getting there was a, a hard process for me because at work there were, doing all kind of things to like stop me from getting on that plane. You know, the, the executive director wanted to fire a young lady who was um, a direct report to me and he, he got that done. And so we had to hire a new one. So it was just like taking time. I said, I was going to go and, you know, different things, obstacles were just mm-hmm. put in my way. When I finally got home, my mom was really ill and mm-hmm. I was surprised that she was that ill because she told me what was wrong. She was feeling worse. When I came home, I I didn't expect her to be that ill. Mm -hmm. And then later she told me that it was cancer. And I was like, someone, why didn't you tell me that long time? Mm -hmm. Right? So, you know, so me personally, I don't take death very well. So my family knows that, you know, so even when my dad died, nobody wanted to tell me. And it was like a roundabout and thing because I really get hysterical. Mm -hmm. And... I came home, I was caring for her, you know, taking care of her, taking her to the doctors, you know, doing everything. And, you know, when I took her to the doctor, he said that he could put a stint, a stint in just to stop, you know, because she, she had jaundice because it was of the liver. And he was putting in a stint to, um, you know, ease her, ease her pain and the itching from the jaundice. And I remember the morning, I was like, she wake up earlier than expected. I was like, mom, you don't have to get up so early. It's too, wake me up to say, let's get going. And she was already dressed. And I was like, it's not time yet, you know? Mm. Wait, wait a little and then we'll go. And I just remember taking her to the hospital because I was running up and down, doing all kind of thing, taking care of the insurance and all of that. And, you know, she she did she did the operation. Uh, it was okay. The doctor said, it's okay. Everything went well. Mm-hmm. And saying, and I remember looking at her and I said to the doctor, to the nurse, because the doctor had gone already, her, in, um, the drip wasn't put in properly. Mm-hmm. And she said, as the anesthesiologist did that. So I was like, but you can fix it. And she said, she'd have to mm-hmm. call him to do it. And I said, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Anywho, we were there with her, my, my brother and I, and then we got a call in the middle of the night, in the middle of the morning, two, two, 2.30 in the morning to say that she had passed the doctor mm. up and that was like someone punched me in my stomach in my heart it like uh, yeah mm. my heart sunk 
Mm. I, woke, I, I was like, I did believe it. I was like, so I said to my brother, the doctor's on the phone. Talk to him. Mm. That's basically what I said. Talk to him. Mm. Talk to him. Because I was like, what I'm mm. hearing. Does not making sense right Doesn't now. make any sense. You know, you said that if she has this um, operation, she'll be better. She'll be feel fine. better. Mm. And, you know, all of that. But I must say, I think I was in denial too that she was that ill. But you know, I just, I just, I just felt this feeling of pure loss, like mm. loss. And my brother and I, we jumped in the car and we we drove to the hospital. Her body was still warm. We were there with her. She was just lying there. Mm. My brother was angry. I was hurt and I was crying and. You know, after the nurse told us that we have to leave, because I was there, I was I was interacting with her and touching her body, and that we had to leave. And I remember driving home, and my brother was driving so fast, and the police stopped us. And this, I mean, it's still dark, eh? Police on the road doing um, speed tests, and he's talking to us, and neither of us is understanding what he's saying. And we're like, <laughs> we were like, oh, what, what? Yeah. And he was like saying, "You're going," and we're like, "We don't understand. What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. Our mom just died. And I, I, I just squealed that out. I'm like, what are you doing? Our mom just died. You know, and I was just shouting. And my brother's like, I think he got the gist of it. And he's like, really, I'm not in the frame of mind. Is it okay if you just let us go? Or our mom just died and it's really painful. And, you know, we drive home and thing. And we couldn't go back to sleep. Mm. It, ah, we were in her house. We, yeah. I couldn't, um, I couldn't compute. As a matter of fact, he was the one who called family. I wasn't the one. Yeah. You you weren't ready for it. It it, it just did not, it mm-hmm. didn't sink at all. No. At all. No. And, um, I couldn't imagine. And it, it, was, it was really interesting because I just couldn't believe that she was gone. Yeah. And, you know, we had to pay the fees and, and all that stuff. And my brother was so angry. He wanted an autopsy. He was just mad. He was just angry, you know? While I was just bolly bolly, <laughs> Jamaican style, bolly bolly, you know, crying and thing. And mm-hmm. then I just threw myself into my work because, you know, the time that I was supposed to, I was supposed to go back to work and, you know, I couldn't go back, right? Because my mom died and I called and let them know my mom died. And my the idiot had an expectation that I will come back and then go back to the funeral, but I'm the one who has to plan the Why funeral, would you do that? Mm-hmm. right? So when I checked the fares, the fares were way expensive. So I let him know. I just I was just, I was just straightforward. You know, this is this is the fares are so expensive for me to go back and come back, and I, it doesn't yeah. my salary is less than that. You know, it was exactly. too much of an expense for me, which made yeah. him angry. Really? And, yeah, and uh, you know. I stayed there and I said, you know, I could work from home here and um, get things done. So that's what I did. I, mm. I just threw myself in my work. It, I just worked. And my god sister came and she's the one who, oh my god, the foster sister. She came and she was just like, boom, 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 boom. And she started moving things. I was like, she started, she, first she called and then she's like, did he get this? Did he get that? Did he, did he get this? Did he get a dress for her to bury? Did he get, and I was like, what are you talking about? Just like, so basically, she's the one that got things done. She got things moving. Because yeah. you were. If I didn't brother, have her. You guys were in no. total denial, in total pain. Total shock, pain, everything. Total shock. So I masked that pain with work. With work. 
Yeah. And then um, there's another, so her church, so the, the, another um, sister from church called me and she's like, well, you know, you have to do this. You have to go and register the dead. You have to go. So I had, I had these people tell me what to do. And I was like, I wasn't moving. Mm. Like I wasn't moving. I was not moving. So you basically I, just froze. Yeah. I was, I was in denial. Like I, <laughs> I don't do, I didn't, I was, I, don't, I was, I think I was a zombie. Wow. You know, um, and finally, finally, um, like my God, um, God parents is like, you have to go and get these things done. And then it took me a while. I got up and I went and registered it. I did all the stuff that I had to do and it hit me. The, the funeral home said, I have to get this piece of paper from the registrar. That's the mm. only way they can bury her. And that's when it hit me like a ton of bricks. Is it like the certificate of death? The yeah, death certificate? Is that what they call it? It's it's something. It's because it, you don't get the the death certificate right away, but you have to, it's like a registration slip that oh, I okay. had to take to the to the funeral home. And that's the okay. only way her body can get into the ground. Because it's ground. certificate okay. to get uh, after, long after because they take a little while to um because okay. you have to so the the minister have to sign that slip of paper for me to take it mm. back to the registrar mm. so to get to get the actual paper death certificate. Got it. And, you know, it's, it's so funny. So, so like, as I t- told you, I wasn't the one calling anyone to let anybody know. Mm-hmm. I think the only persons I um, told was, were work and my best friend in Barbados. And she's the one who started calling people, too. Mm-hmm. And people started pouring in their condolences and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, my mom, my mom is an ama- was an amazing woman. Like she always cared for people, always cared. She taught for mm. over 40, 40 years in Jamaica, um, wow. in the city schools. And from the time she started teaching, her first teaching assignment as a, as a um, trainee teacher, she had a following. So she had wow. children that she taught in her first trainee, trainee teacher um, assignment mm-hmm. that was still with her to her death. Wow. Uh, and one of that's, them were, that's were, an impactful woman. Yeah. And one of them got really angry with me because I didn't let her know. But I, I, I wasn't in the state to, to, to like yeah. let people to share know. this information. So right. actually you you talking about that, I think that's one of the things that um I guess I would say outsiders, you know, or those that, that know the I don't know the why I past. it feels so weird using like the word deceased or deceased. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's the Who person that um, passed. Yeah. Yeah. Passed. Um, I, I feel like a lot of times we, I get it that we're all, we're all grieving, mm-hmm. but it seems as if we have the tendency to start pointing fingers also and blaming, you know, same things that like, why why wasn't I there? Why didn't I get an invitation? Why didn't you do that? Why why didn't you? And we kind of forget that this person that I'm speaking to is going through the loss too. Like, listen, my mom just passed away. Yeah. And I feel it's more of like a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of like our, our, our in our culture, you know, I as a Ghanaian, funerals are big for some reason. Yeah. It's it's a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's a really big deal. And people get offended when they're not invited. <laughs> so can I tell you, know? I don't know if it's the same in Ghana. Funerals are really a big thing, but we have celebration. We have something that's called night night, where mm. night night you have a party and people come and run, they're playing dominoes, you kill a goat, 
you know, you have food and it's going, going. So <laughs> I've been through that with my um, mother's mother, grandmother, and all, all of that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't interested. I was like, oh, my mom's a Christian. Let's just have a prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. And it <laughs> and was not... Uh, nobody wanted that well people wanted it but the church came you know we had the prayer meeting i was thinking that the prayer meeting was being going to be the night night and mm-hmm. that was it and no it, it ended up that we had to have that night night with drinks and with um food and mm-hmm. you know and it happened and people came so it's right? like a celebration it's a celebration of of um of the, the person who died of right yeah yes yeah. and it's it's just part of our culture yeah. So here I am in urban Jamaica thinking that it's only a country thing, <laughs> only a rural part of the country thing, but it's expected, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I don't want anybody in the house. I don't want mm-hmm. this. I don't want that. My brother had to take control of that because I was just not, you know, he did that. So we had a, we had a nine night, Um, you know, people come, talk, eat, drink, dance, sing, all, all of that, right? Yeah. And, um... That happened, you know, and I think it was the next day was a funeral. Mm. I was numb, 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 numb up to that point, still numb. Even with all that I had to do, I was like just going through the motions, just going through Mm -hmm. the motions, Mm -hmm. you know, getting things done, have different people sorting stuff out. Like to this day, my sister Tamar, Tamar, thank God for Tamar. Tamar, I go to people them over the church, how she want the church decorated. She do everything. She go to the funeral home for make sure that mommy dress have on her dress and have mm. this and that. Um, you know, she, I was, I was so grateful for her. She's like, hey, cook and bottle washer. It's a thing we say in Jamaica. Um, mm. she did it all for us. You know, did it all. She mm. even, I wasn't even thinking about what to wear. You know, she got clothes for me. Even that. Wow. Right. Wow. So you know. She's like, what are you wearing? I said, uh, uh, what? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right. So, um, it's, it's even, even at the church, I, I, I was just wailing like a, a banshee or whatever it is. What's I, banshee? What's a banshee? It's a screaming sound. <laughs> it's an animal that screams. Right. Um, we sung, um, songs that she loved. They sang it. Um, you know, you get, I was choked up here in the church that she was a part of. Um, I grew up in that church too. And it was mm-hmm. just like, it was just like unreal. It felt like I was back home at a Sunday service. The breeze was coming in. And I was like, why am I at the front and not at the back where I usually am? Getting myself in trouble and get punished when I get home. But being Is in the that back what was going through your mind? Sorry for cutting you. Is that what was in your mind? Is that what was like? Do you remember? No. After afterwards, I was I was thinking that like what what when I was when I was there thinking like this feel like a regular Sunday service just that there's a coffin there and then when I start Mm -hmm. talking about her and you know it just it took me it hit me for six you know Uh, hit me for six that's a Caribbean term for cricket from cricket you know it it was like boof Mm. oh so Jamaican boof. Mm. in my face this is the reality right mm. and um i just remember i don't even know how i got even got out of the church to tell you i don't remember how wow. i got out of the church i don't remember how wow. i got to the burial site wow. i have no recollection i don't know who drove wow you know i don't maybe it was my brother i don't know wow i don't know so you literally zoned out completely yeah, yeah i was in my own um universe wow yeah. So, and 
but 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 I remember though at the nine night, like listening to other people speak about my mom, mm-hmm. it was like yes, that's who she was. Yes, you know she's she was a teacher, always a teacher, um, common uh, uh, a disciplinarian, truth speaker, you know all of that, and it's just like. And then realizing that I wasn't there too. Like uh, I, I, I moved from Jamaica so long ago. Like people telling me, sto- saying things about her that, like, I'm like, oh, but that's just like her. But oh, I wasn't there to see that, and then get my little jealous pang and think mm-hmm. like, oh, they got so much of her, and you know, mm-hmm. all that. You know, there's a story about this young lady said that she used to be afraid to walk by the house in anything shorts, <laughs> short mm-hmm. shorts. Mm-hmm. Or skimpy because your mom will stop her. My mom will stop her and send her back home. And I'm like, what right does she have to do that? That's so funny. You know? So 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 some of those little things made me laugh and bring me bring mm-hmm. me back joy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. uh knowing, you know, she was still she was always the same, right? Yeah. Um, like she would call me on the phone and like, oh, because sometimes I I in the when I just got here, I wouldn't go to church, right? Mm-hmm. And she to call me on a Sunday morning, and this was her doing, just her doing. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get off the phone now with you because you should be going in the bathroom now to bed and get ready, get ready and put on your church. clothes to go to church." <laughs> I don't like look at this lady though. <laughs> I'm like, "Mommy, I don't find a church yet." She's like, "What kind of stupid excuses that there's a lot of churches <laughs> that you can go to find a church of God that you grew up into and go, you know, that, that kind so of funny. stuff." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, like those things you remember, you laugh about them, right? Yes. But I'm yes. telling you, at the time, I was a complete zombie. Even when I came back, I was a zombie. You How know? long? How long were you zoned out for um, when you came back? So it's it's, it's so it's, so it's it's interesting for me. So whenever I left leave Jamaica, the only person who could take me to the airport was my mom. I would not allow anyone else to take wow. me to the airport. No one else. So I just remember me just saying to my godmother, I was like, you guys have to take me to the airport. Like nobody else can take me, you know? And they took me. And I wasn't even thinking about when I land in Canada, mm-hmm. in Ottawa, how I was getting home. I wasn't thinking about that. So another friend, she called and said, I'm picking you up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh? Yeah, I'm picking you up to take you home. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, and... So- how important do you think is community during this type or during this time? So that is one of the, one of my lessons learned, you know, like not all friends are going to understand how you are feeling and understand yeah. what that grieving process is like, because they've never, maybe they've never experienced it or it's not something that they're interested in. Right. Yeah. So like, I never even thought about food. A friend of mine brought me food. Mm-hmm. Like I was, mm-hmm. I, I I wasn't eating even when I was in Jamaica. I wasn't eating, wow. right? A friend brought me food. I wasn't even thinking about food. I just came in. I never unpacked my bags. Went into my bed. Knock, knock, knock. No, like call, call, call. Mm-hmm. I was gonna answer. Answer the phone. Clarice, I'm coming right now with some food for you. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. Wow. Right. So he brought food for me, and I was so grateful. So I had food in the fridge. But I was just continuing. I remember going to work and work was awful. Like, you know, awful. Like I got bullied as soon as I got in, telling me that they're going to take my money for my um, 
salary from me because I didn't work, because I didn't see a light on to say that I was online. And it, it was horrific. Just like trying to stab me in my heart that was already aching. It was, was awful. Aching. Yeah. yeah. And let me tell you what the loss of my mother felt like. And because it, it, it is, it is a kind of grief that is almost inexplicable. And how I explain it is like, it feels someone has take, gone through my chest, take it, taken on my heart and just squeezing it. Mm. That's how I felt. Right. And I just go to work, come back home, go to work. And I remember I was walking home one day and, uh, beautiful lady jamaican she saw me on the road and she said she said come here typical come here i know you have seen a different events here in ottawa what is wrong with you Mm-mm. jamaican that's how jamaicans are they're very direct mm-hmm. i said mm-hmm. what do you mean she said you're not your usual self mm. you're you're not you and i said what do you mean she said you're just walking down the road it's almost like you're not i'm um, seeing where you're going or anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i told her that i lost my mom mm. and she said and are you getting any help? And I said, what do you mean by help? Yeah. She said, any therapy or anything like that? And I'm like, I never thought about it. Mm. And she said to me, you need help. You have to get help because you're not you. Mm. And I never even thought that I was not me. <laughs> you understand? Wow. You never so, even felt that you were not you. until exactly. a strange, some. She's still a stranger. Yes, she's seen you in events, but... She literally, she, I, I feel like that, that was like an angel t- to bring you back to yourself. She was my angel. Yeah. So, and she check up on me. Let me say, she check up on me. She check up on me. She, um, she bring me food. She, let me tell you, I, she, she, she sent me different, um, uh, therapists that I could talk to. Um, she ca- talked to a friend who had, um, gone through something like that. And I also found grief share at the Met Bible Church. And that's where I went to do some grief sharing there that the sessions there and that helped a lot and then i had a um mm-hmm. therapist that i went to regularly that helped me through it um so you you talk about community that was a community that really came through for me mm-hmm. right the person who picked me up from the airport that was a friend mm-hmm. of mine mm-hmm. a per- the person who brought me food that mm-hmm. was a friend of mine mm-hmm. in the person who stopped me at the road became a friend Mm-hmm. right um she that was a community the the person who um had appreciated that i don't even know cooked mm-hmm. me food yeah. and bring her heart she's like what do you eat and i was like why do you want to know what i eat <laughs> and i told her and she's like my she brought the food and she's like my husband helped me to cook the quinoa because i've never cooked it before and she mm-hmm. brought me food wow. you know the um people who called to check up on me to see if i'm okay mm-hmm. you know from all over those here who know I had the loss who check up on me. It was it was powerful. It helped a lot. But not everyone yeah. is gonna be able to to manage that. That's one of the lessons learned. Not everyone knows how to handle grief. Yeah. I'm one of those yeah. persons, but I was in the midst of it. Yeah. So here I am, I'm healing, you know, and I'm going through and I'm feeling better. And guess what happened? Don't tell my me brother, somebody else. My eldest brother who came to my mom's funeral who I told not to come because he has had leukemia. Oh no! And, Did he and also transition? He transitioned in November of that year. Wow! I lost myself as on demand. I lost myself. I totally lost. Hey y'all! So here's the thing: as you might know, 
one of the major things that um, we take seriously or I take seriously is this healing journey that a lot of us are on. And you might have heard also most of our guests talk about their experience with therapy and how it has played a major part in this healing journey. I'm just wondering, how about you? Have you been thinking about therapy, but you're just not sure of finding the right fit? Well, guess what? You need to not think anymore. Our sponsors, BetterHelp, is here to help you. You get the chance to fill in a short survey and be matched with a licensed therapist who's trained to listen and to help you in as little as 48 hours. And if after the first few meetups, you still don't feel aligned, you don't need to worry. You can just go ahead and choose another. Get a 10% discount off your first month at betterhelp.com com slash umami. That's betterhelp.com slash umami. Click the link in the show notes below and join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Blessing. So with regards to anger, so one of the lessons learned, you know, sometimes you think that <laughs> this, you know, this whole stages of grief, it's not happening to me. I'm not going through that, you know. Because you're in <laughs> denial. You're, you're in total denial. Right? So I remember where I shifted the anger off mommy onto myself about not taking her to the doctors when she was here with me, right? Yeah. Knowing that she has um, cancer. Knowing, knowing, knowing that, that she, she was has, sick. That she was that sick, right? Yeah. So I, I got through that through therapy. Right, mm-hmm. I got through that through therapy, and it was long. Right, so I was doing grief share. I was doing grief share plus therapy at the same time, like everything that could help. Right, and uh, so that piece was um, left off, but also was angry at her doctor for not picking mm-hmm. that up. Right, with all the tests that they're doing, you know, yeah, you you, you need B twelve, so she's getting B twelve. You know, she's doing all these x-rays and all these things, but you're not picking up all these, right? Because she's mm-hmm. complaining. Yeah. Uh, by that time, she's complaining. And uh, even that, I it took me a while to let go. Five years. It took me a long time to let go of that, right? Mm-hmm. Of that anger. And, yeah. And, and, and it was also disappointment because this is our family doctor that we've had for many years. I've been going there since I'm a child, right? And then she, mm-hmm. this person took over from um, the previous doctor, right? So... That that anger, it took me a long, long time to release, right? Yeah. Um, but also, I was angry at how I was treated at my workplace in the midst of my loss. Mm. You know, like I'm going to take away your salary because you weren't, um, you weren't, you weren't um, doing work because I didn't see the light on um, in Microsoft. And I was like, I was using a Mac. There was no light to come on. I, I was using a, the work thing. And it mm-hmm. blew up. It was awful, you know. Even someone left the job because they're like, I'm not bullying Clarice anymore. You know, mm-hmm. this is too much, right? So that anger, I was angry for a very long time without treatment, you know. Like using my mother's death to just de- squeeze my heart even more, you know, get, cause me more hurt. You know, um, and that was a very difficult so it was a time whole for me. Build up, build yeah. up of anger upon anger yeah. upon anger. Yeah. So therapy was helping me, man. That was my sauce. 
about therapy. therapy. I think that in our community, in our yeah. African Caribbean community, I feel right now, you know, it's a little bit more accepted, but we really shun on on therapy, especially when it comes to such thing as grief. Um, we do understand, for me, I think I do understand that you know, I guess the older generation, they knew how they dealt with with grief the way that they knew how to. But I feel right now in this generation, it's like we're living in totally different times. You know, we don't deal with it. We don't deal with the same type of stresses that they dealt with, you know. So right now, therapy is 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 a thing. But then um, what would you say about therapy and how much it really like helped you go through this process of, of grieving? So let me tell you something. In our culture, too, therapy is like there's nothing wrong with you. Because I remember in 2011, I had a, a series of depression when one of my best friends died. And when the doctor wow. came back and told me that I was depressed, and I told my mother, she's like, nothing like that. There's no, you have no depression. It's not because in in Jamaica, nobody, you're, you're not mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any mental mm-hmm. illness being saying mad, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. they refer to it. Mental in, in, illness, yeah. They think no, they think you're mad, just you're like mad. you're a mad woman. Yeah. You're a yeah. mad woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she wasn't asking, but then I, I said, I don't feel well in myself. So I'm going to embark upon this. So it's also something within you, even if there's, it is taboo in your culture or anything. If mm-hmm. you're feeling that pain or whatever, for, or whatever you're feeling mm-hmm. and there's a solution to it, mm-hmm. seek go. it out and That's go. It. That's what I did. And I, I remember a friend of mine was um like he had a, a, a directory of um therapists in, uh, mm-hmm. in Toronto. Mm. And I remember reaching out to him and he's like, yeah, I have the perfect therapist for you. And she was a perfect therapist for me. Mm. She helped me. Lori helped me so much mm. to come out of my fog. Right. So and how long uh, were you in therapy for? I was in therapy for more than a year. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, it was not only the dead, there were other things that I you know that I had in, in me that was like, Mm-hmm. blocking up blocking up mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah even yeah. my father's death you know mm. that was still there because i was angry mm. at my i didn't even realize that i was angry at my brother and my mother for not, not telling me how si- sick my my father that my father was sick right mm-hmm. and didn't you know and and on all of that so all of that came out in therapy like yeah it came yeah. out then i had to deal with it yeah. right i had all these feeling good exercises to do all mm. you know all these different exercises and they helped and they bring up things that you didn't even know because we have put it in selective forgetting, right? It's yes. in the back of our brain. Yes. But if something triggers it, it raises mm. ugly head and we lash out. Yes. Right? Yeah. So that was that was that was um the first time I was like, Yeah, whatever, mommy, I'm going to my therapy sessions. <laughs> right. And I went and it mm. helped a lot. You know, mm. I was able to function much better, right? And I remember mm. I had to get um I had to, I had to be off work for a while because of it. You know, I had to, it, like mm-hmm. I, the depression was so hard, so, so much that I couldn't even move, you know? And, wow. um, yeah. And it helped. Like mm-hmm. I would tell anyone that therapy helps. It helps you yeah. bring up things that are in your bones, in your body that you don't even know. That's why some, some of the pains that you have is because of those things. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And release them, you know, mm-hmm. work through them, work through them, do the exercises, do all of that and work through them and get and get out of out of it. One of the things that helped me too was just, I was journaling, I was writing to my mother every evening mm-hmm. about my day. Those therapeutic, you know? um, yeah. therapeutic I tell letters. Her, yeah. 
and talking to her about things that, you know, I was so happy that this we were able to release these things that, you know, before you died and, you know, little things like that. And reminding her about things that she did with me, you know, like what? It was just like, you just feel yourself getting lighter and lighter yeah. and lighter, mm. right? That's I'd encourage anyone who is hesitant about doing therapy to do it. Yeah. And I feel like it's also a matter of finding the therapist that works for for you, right? Because I, I feel that's one of a lot of people's um, restraint, the reason why they don't want to go to therapy because of, I guess, bad experiences with um, therapists that are not really there to to help and they're causing the situation to be worse than it already is. You know, so you don't want to go into therapy and leave in there traumatized <laughs> again, you know. And that happened already. to me here in Ottawa with, with a therapist because mm. she called me and asked to change the date. And I think she, she forget that what she said. And we changed a couple of dates. And I came on the regular night that I was supposed to go. But apparently mm. that was the day she changed. When I came, she had someone else there. And I said, how disrespectful you are. You told me you were going on a conference and you wanted me to come this day. And you have someone else. But next week you were, what is going on? Oh, I think I was like, you know what? Forget it. I will never come back to you again. And she was shouting at me. And she was, she was like a new, um, like she just graduated from something, but she had a regular clients and, you know, she had another um, person over her. And I was like, no, not today, Satan. I will, you will not see me again. Mm. You know? You talk about this and I've had a few people around me that had that experience with, you know, mm. um, with therapists whereby, and even me, I think once or twice it happened where the appointment is booked and mm -hmm. then you get there and it's either they're late or either they're with somebody else. And then they expect you to be the one to wait on them. You know what I mean? And, and I find that it's, that's, that's, yeah, those are the moments where you're kind of hesitant on, I don't know if I really want to go and do therapy, but no, no, no. one of the things I would say is once you do find a therapist and it's, it's, it's like, I don't want to use the word, like, I don't want to say like, it's like buying a car, <laughs> but no, it, it's, it's, like it's like you're shopping. Yeah. It's like, it matching, right. You, you, it's like you're, you're going shopping for, for something. So it's like you, you try it out. You have to try it out until you find somebody that you feel like, okay, this person resonates with me. I resonate yeah. with the person. Don't give up on the first try. You know, that's one thing I yeah. would also add. Don't give up on the first try because yeah. I've had a few a few interesting situations when it comes to yeah. like therapy. And you know, one it's of like the a things, relationship. Exactly, it's like a relationship. It is. It is because yeah. you're you're giving yourself up to that person, giving them yeah. everything. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you're naked in front of them, and yeah. they're there to help you um, get dressed and get yeah. properly dressed again. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, but I feel like anger is definitely something that I, for me, um, I don't know if I've. I think people might know by now. My first experience of grief, uh, I wasn't my mother or anything that I had lost, but it was um, my my first, I guess, birth. I would say, and you know, when it happened, anger also rose for me. Yeah. And I was angry at the doctors. I was angry at myself. I was I I, I was angry for so many reasons, you know. Yeah. And I, until this day, to be honest, it's not that I don't think I'm I'm still angry, but I low key, high key blame the doctor, like the first doctor that I saw. Like I yeah. low key like blame him for yeah. what happened. But then at the at the same time, 
I'm at a place where I'm like, this happened. It was one of the hardest moments ever in my life, but it taught me so much. Yeah. I allowed, I allowed that experience to teach, you know, and I think like, just like you, um, Clarissa, this situation where one, your mom, your first, your, your pop, your father goes, Mm -hmm. then your mom a few years later, then your brother in the same year. Yeah. You have all the right to to lash out and to be angry and to yeah. be frustrated, you know. But instead of allowing those emotions to take over you, you allowed it to. You sought the help and you allowed it to um to teach you. Yeah, you know, you allowed life to teach you. And like, let's dive more into like the different lessons that you've learned um through just this whole process, um. You know, initially, I don't know if this is going to be in this in, in our other recording, mm-hmm. guys. We had a little. I'll just put it out there. We had a little technical issue, so <laughs> I don't remember if we spoke about it in the other recording. But you did mention that one of the things that brought you joy is those memories, and that's yeah. one of the lessons that you've learned. Yeah. Um, what are the other lessons that you've yeah. you've learned through yeah. through this grieving process? The other lessons is that there's no need for me to be a bloody strong black woman. Mm. You see me? That was Ooh, that just something. gave me goosebumps right there. That um that was the first thing that remember I tell you about the encounter of the young lady stopping me on the street. Because mm. I was like, being strong, you have to be strong. Mm. You have to weather this. You have to weather this. You have to weather this with strength. You have to go through that. I'm a, a mash, I'm a mash up, my mash up, <laughs> hurting so much. You know, mm. I'm like, you know, I have to be this strong. I have to be strong. I have to strength through the pain, strength through everything. I was like, this is too hard to be strong, star. Mm. I have to, I was like, I had to let it out, let it out, ugly cry. Everything. Sometimes I'm walking on the streets, and just a smell would trigger yes a memory that yeah. uh, made me start cry. Right, mm-hmm. like eggs. Someone cooking eggs mm-hmm. that triggered me because mm-hmm. the last one of the times when I was taking care of mom and I cooked her scrambled eggs, and she sent me back with a scrambled egg. She's like, "Why did you make it dry out so much?" <laughs> and I was just this is when I started. And then so we don't don't a little later I start laughing at it. I was like teacher to the end, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, if I'm going to cry, then ugly cry. Sometimes I'm in the line. That time the grief still raw in the line, taking up getting my groceries. I'm mean, just start ball, 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 ugly cry in public because I'm like I'm not gonna be the strong woman anymore. No, it's no. not helping me. No. It's not helping me at all. At all, at all, at all. It's not helping me one bit. Mm. So I decided, you know what? I am going to seek the help that I need. I'm mm. going to be vulnerable. Mm. I'm going to say everything that is going on in my mind. Say mm. everything that's making me feel hurt. Say everything mm. that is causing me this, this grief that is wrapped up around my heart and squeezing it out, squeezing the life out of it. Right? Wow. So that's what I did. I went and I said, no, no more strong black woman foolishness because God knows, it may not too much pain. No, sir. Mm. I couldn't take it. Couldn't take it. And I had friends, you know, like um, telling me, you know, I have this group that I'm part of, um, Shonda Land, and one of the members like, Clarisha, you have to get the therapy. You have to get the therapy. I had the other lady telling me, sending me emails of where to go to, you know, different therapists mm. that helped her own friend, mm. black woman like myself. 
Yeah, it's one of the biggest lessons is it. There is no need to be a martyr in being a strong black woman. No need at all. And, no and you know this whole this whole story of of being uh the trope as they call it the trope of the strong black woman is something that society has really placed on on us black women you know yep. and now I hear a lot of uh, a lot of women say um they they want to live the soft life you know now <laughs> the soft life you know the soft life um, the soft life yeah so. Oh. It's it's it, what you're saying is so true, and and it's basically in all of our experiences. Yeah. A lot of times we feel like we need to keep our mouth shut mm-hmm. and head high, yeah. and just keep moving, and that yeah. does not help us. Because then after that one, they start calling us what the angry black, black woman. Woman, and we don't want none of that. Another lesson that I learned, Agnes, is there is no limit on your grief. Because mm. I thought that at some point I should be over it. That was me. Mm. I myself had that thought that by this time I should have already gotten over it. Um, you know, why am I still thinking about this? Why am I still crying? You know, um, I need to stop this. You know, like mm. again, a part of the strong, the strong woman thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to just pick myself back up and I'm supposed to um hit the ground running, and you know, but no, we should never put a limit on our grief. There is no limit on grieving the loss of anyone. Wow. That's powerful. That is so powerful. Should never put a limit on it. I remember people should allow, people around us should also allow us to grieve as long as we want. Yeah. And that was another thing at work. Like this guy would come and I say, where's your smile? Where's the Clarice I know? Where's the bubbly Clarice? Bloody hell, my mom just died. Mm. How am I going to be bubbly? I'm still feeling that, mm. you know? And he would come every morning and ask me that. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I gave him a pass because I'm saying maybe culturally that's what he is because he's not from my culture, he's not from here. So mm. maybe that's something that's there. And then after all, I was like, this is too much, mm. you know? So, you know, uh, and then I, because of that, I started to think that I needed, again, that I need to have a limit on, my grieving mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and my grieving, mm-hmm. my, the loss of my mom. And then you feel right? like something is wrong with you because you're still exactly. there crying and bawling. And then you exactly. start, you start pointing not, fingers I, at yourself and, and thing. Mm-hmm. And you're not putting on a show for them to make them feel good. Mm-hmm. No, you know, so, so that's another thing, you know, don't, there's no limit on grieving or do huh. not put a limit on grieving. Right. There is no limit on grieving. Yeah. Right. There's you're no alive. limit on grieving. Right, you are allowed. There is none. So that was that was um the the other lesson. So you know the joy, the um you know joy does come in the morning. You have to what that joy looks like for you may mm-hmm. not be the same as the joy that it is for someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, no angry. Don't be the angry. Um, the, don't be the bloody strong black woman, right? Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. When grieving, there's no need to do that. Right, mm-hmm. and we also have to be accommodating to friends who don't understand. If a friend don't come around and give a con, don't take it to heart. Let mm-hmm. them be. Yes. Yeah. Let them be, because yeah. yeah. you never know what is what is is triggering for them. Yes. Right, because we all yes. have our own different type of mental il- illness. Yes. Right. 
and yes. our own different type of triggers. Yes. So if someone don't come and be telling you, oh, condolences, don't worry about it. Worry. Even if it's a closest friend, don't worry about it. They'll come around in their due time. Yes. If they want to. Wow. You know, that's actually one thing that I I experience um when I lost my my little one. Um mm-hmm. I don't I guess yeah, I was angry, but at the same time I was just like why is this person not saying anything? I just told them this happened to me. Why is this person so like, do they feel like it doesn't matter what happened? You know, so I started to like question a lot of my friendships um, for a little bit. You know, that was mm-hmm. one of the places that I, I found myself. But then, as you said, I came to a point where I realized that everybody has what they're also going through. You know, yeah. everybody's yeah. going through something. So at the yeah. end of the day, I can't put my blame on that person because they didn't come and see me. Maybe it has nothing to do with me, you know. Um, I'm gonna give an example. Um, recently, one of my really close friends' mother passed away, and I was supposed to be at the funeral. But that morning, I was feeling—I don't know what it was—but I was so anxious. Yeah, I was so anxious. I was not feeling oh. right, and then I, I. I I still, you know, I was I was trying to get ready and thing. And then I had to drive to to go mm-hmm. to the place, like go to Montreal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to my body and just stay home because I'm going to be the only one driving all the way there. And I don't know. I know myself and driving, so I'd rather just stay home. And I really felt bad. I really, really felt bad because I actually wanted to be there. I really wanted to be there. But I couldn't beat the fact that this anxiety just rose up and I had to examine it. Yeah, I had to really examine it and ask myself, like, what's really going on? And I realized that literally... As I said, I had another friend that had lost her mom. I had lost my little boy. And it's all of that just rising up again. And mm-hmm. I remember I had gone to see this woman that um, that uh, raised us, kind of. She was like our babysitter. Yeah. And she passed away a few years ago, Clarissa. <sighs> when we went into that funeral home, eh? Mm-hmm. The minute that I stepped in and I saw her body, I started screaming. And all of these flashbacks were like coming back in my mind. I was like, you know what? Let me mind my own business for now. <laughs> Let me just stay all that, in my corner. All the other losses are coming up. Are coming up. Because you did the strong black woman where you suppress all your feelings, suppress all your pain. And yeah. And I was like, I know that it's not about me mm-hmm. and it's about this person grieving, but sometimes we also have to need, to, we have to take care of ourselves too. Yep. You know, I, 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 and, and, you know, I've been that person that was, that gone through the, go through the questioning friends and I've been that friend that didn't <laughs> go, you know what I mean? So like, I see both sides where both sides are from. And I think yeah. that it's important one that we give grace to other people too that are they're also going through their own grief because exactly. maybe, maybe 
your mother. Like I didn't know your mom, but, and I, I think I met you like a year after I didn't even know that she passed away until maybe like recently. And if I would have heard it at that time, with just that year that I met you, I would have felt something, you know, yeah. and, and, and everybody, not everyone, but most humans <laughs> feel when grief happens and it's just a normal thing. And as you mentioned before, not everybody's able to handle that grief. Um, so it's really about giving ourselves grace and giving yeah. the others, yeah. everyone else grace. around us, that grace too. Yes. Yeah. We have to. We have to. And 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 that's a big, big one because a lot of times I have to give myself grace. Like when sometimes the feelings come back up and I say, what I thought I dealt with this already? No. That's why I said grieving is, you know, I tell my friend, a friend of mine just lost her dad. And I was like, let me tell you now, don't let nobody tell I was like, these are the, these are the, this is what I was telling. Don't let nobody tell you how to grieve. <laughs> don't let nobody tell you how long you must grieve. If you want ball, ball, you know, mm-hmm. just let it out and done. Um, you know, don't let nobody hurry up, you know, mm-hmm. you know. And don't let nobody push everyone with what they want the program to be. If you have a say in the program, you have a say in the program. You know, mm-hmm. don't be bullied, you know, and don't let them bully because I'm still, I'm still, I'm still like, I didn't want no nine night, but the nine night ended up being mm-hmm. nice still. It, it helped. Don't it brought you some joy, right? After <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> fighting up myself that we shouldn't have no nine night, you know, um, mm-hmm. I said, you know, don't let anybody mm-hmm. force you to do what you don't want to do, right? And respect your father's mm-hmm. wishes. Whatever your father wished for, respect it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. I was telling her. So, you know, <laughs> We have to not let others try to force us to grieve how they want us to grieve. Mm. We are, everyone is made in God's image, but each of us are special individuals Mm. and we have our own ways. So, you know, like there are a lot of places that you go into the church, the work, they want you to be the Stepford person, you know, the Stepford Mm. wife's. You have to be a, 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 a photocopy of them and act mm. like them, speak like them, behave like them. Mm-mm. But it's, that's not it because God made us in his own image, but he also made us as unique, unique. individuals for which he has a different purpose for everyone. That's right. That's right. right? So even the way we grieve, it doesn't have to be how you grieve. Mm-hmm. Right? And it doesn't have to go through those seven steps, I think. You know how there's right, the, yeah. the seven five steps of grieving? Yeah. I get it. It helps. But then at the same time, I'm realizing that it takes more than five steps. This is it not an AA. Steps. It's not an AA. Um, was it called um, alcoholic? Uh, alcoholic the anonymous. Steps. The twelve <laughs> steps is not. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. No, it's not. Like grief is is something that I feel like it's something that's unexplainable because it we is. all know. We all know that death is inevitable. We know it. It's not like we don't know. We know it. It just hit me the other day. So <laughs> let me just be clear. <laughs> Yeah, that, and, and that's, that's the thing. As much as I, as it's been said around me, it just hit me it the other day you. when my uncle died that death yeah. is inevitable. Yeah. And I've been on this earth for a very long time. Yeah. I'm like, really, Clarice? You're an old woman and you, and you just realize say you're dead? You're not, you're not an old woman. <laughs> right? Old so, woman. I mean, I understand that, you know? <laughs> you're talking about death, death. You just realize that death is inevitable. How much time mm-hmm. you say it in a church? How many times they say it here or there? Mm-hmm. And it's just when my uncle died, I'm like, what? Hold on. 
this thing is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the day is going to come, we're all going to die. Jeez. Eureka. Or what Miss Oprah said? Aha moment. Aha moment. <laughs> that was your aha moment. In the year mm-hmm. for Lord 2022. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Yeah. Jesus have mercy. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> was there any other lessons that you've learned through through this grievance process? Yeah, that you have to give yourself time and love yourself and understand that, you know, there's nothing wrong with you in grieving. Mm. It is all a part of life, you know? And that's one of the biggest things, biggest lessons for me, you know, that there's nothing wrong with grieving, you know, and there's no wrong or right way to grieve. Yeah, It's okay. Take care of yourself. You know, you know, you pick whoever you're grieving for, they want, want it so much for you. Yeah. So just remember that, right? And continue on the path that you're going, yeah. right? It's, it's just, um, it's all right to grieve. Even, even com- companies give you time to grieve. Yeah, they do. Right? They get time off. And if you need more, you can get more. Get yeah. more without pay, or you end up on ER, whichever one. But... Mm-hmm. You 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 have time to grieve, and you know, in that grieving, it's like, I I personally believe that grieving is part of self care because the amount mm. of things we release when I started doing therapy, all the writing, and we start writing based on the questions they ask you, you find out things that you have held on to that you should have let go a long time, let go of long time. Start wow. speaking patois, <laughs> you know. Guan Guan sister, <laughs> you know. So it, it, it's part of self care. Grieving. I love that. Grieving it's is part, part of self-care. self-care. Yeah. Wow. It is. It is. Can you Ooh. imagine if I was still holding in all of all the pain and all of that of the loss? Mm. I, it. I wouldn't yeah. be here. No. 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 I wouldn't be here. No. Mm-hmm. Apart from therapy and the community that you, you know, that came across along the way and these lessons that you learned, what what else helped? I think, I think my own strength from within, even though I said not to be the strong, but I went by my own strength from within that mm. kept me going because I live here alone, right? Yeah. So even sometimes in the midnight hour, you just wake up and it's like, right when I came back home, when I came back home in March, it was, in April, it was hard, 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 hard. Mm. And when I came home in December, after I buried my brother, it was even harder because it's two yeah. lots in the same year. Yeah. And that Christmas was hard. Yeah, I didn't even go anywhere. I didn't go anywhere. I just stayed in. It was hard, you know. It was, oh, it's so heavy. So I can't imagine keeping all of that in for the rest of my life. Mm-mm. No. So. And 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 you know, you say that, you say that, hon. But there are so many people that are still keeping all of that in and more, you know. And they are super old. <laughs> They're old, but you, you know. But you know. Not it, but you know that this grieving process taught me a lot about letting go of other stuff because some of the stuff in therapy came up, mm. other stuff, you know, like the past angers and stuff like that came mm. up in therapy that mm. I was able to release. So, mm. so through that grieving process, taking different methods to help with the grieving process and to release, mm. there were other things that were, that were there that were holding me back that I was able to release too yeah. because they came up yeah. during the questioning and all of that. Yeah. 
the 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 diving the diving and the digging mm-hmm. <sighs> do you think that grief can be unhealthy or dangerous it can be because it can, what it can kill you there are people who die up days apart from their partners and things like that because they, they're in such grief. Remember, grief can put you into depression and depression kills. A lot of people yeah. don't realize that depression is a mental illness illness that can kill you. Yeah, it can. We take it right? too lightly. Right? Yeah. So that is that is something that we have to we have to deal with our grief because it it stays and it us up inside. And sometimes mm-hmm. we end up with cancer or we end up with all kind of other ailment. We stop take care of ourselves, and then we stop eat, and then next thing we're dead. But not wow. to that order, but you know. Yeah. If you look at a lot of people who are, especially people who are extremely close, that yeah. don't go grieve in a way, in a healthy way, in a way that releases the trauma, release the shock, release all the things. You keep that in your next thing, you're gone. You know. Mm. And and especially if you are dependent dependent on dependent on the other person, I want to say dependent on the other person, not for monetary reason, but for emotional. You depend on them from an emotional point of view. Yeah. Right. So it is it is dangerous, and I'm sure the the psychiatrists and those will t- psychotherapists and all of them will tell you it is dangerous it not is. to grieve. Mm-hmm. I believe it is because I tell you that December when I heard my brother was gone too. That pain, it was some, it's like something taking me over. You know, when you have a baby and you hold that baby in your arm and that unconditional love that it, it envelop, envelop you, just take you over. I felt that with one of my nieces when she was born. It, it's like this love that, oh my God, it's just consuming you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the same way grief consumes you. Mm. Ouch. Remember I told you it felt like someone took my heart out and was just squeezing it, squeezing the blood out of it. That's what it felt like. Just, ooh. It's like, you know, you know, when you see those in the earlier days when I used to have the ads for the Vietnam, those um, psychotherapy drugs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I see somebody mm -hmm, walking mm -hmm. with a dark cloud over their head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. But a dark cloud actually (laughs) take you over. Over. Yeah, take you over. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Just envelope you. Just hold you. Where where are you right now? Me? I'm I'm still grieving, you know, because these are people who were like my biggest cheerleaders, would check on me, call me, make jokes with me, and all of that. So I still feel a tinge of sadness that they're not here on this earth. But that squeeze of my heart is no longer there. Okay. I don't feel it, right? But I still feel a tinge of sadness not having them here every now and then, but it's not continuous like it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And do you speak to them? Do you speak to... Like, yeah. You know, a lot of time people say, oh, you can't speak to the dead and all of that stuff. Foolishness. Let me but... tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> there are times when I say or do things and I just chuckle to myself. I said, I can just hear my mother said, Miss Christie, <laughs> what did you say? Is that correct? Is that right? Do you mm. think a woman of God should speak like that? You know? Mm. And I just chuckle to myself because, listen, 
And I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. And sometimes I, I was like, mom, I know it like this, you know. And I used to, I, as I said, I, I write to her and I, I kind of slow off it. So this was my book to her. Her name is there, Ivy, mommy, you know. And one thing that I'd love to do in the future is actually have a foundation in her name, you know, around wow. literacy. Because that was one of her um, main passion and mine too, like educated mm-hmm. people, you know. So, yeah, yeah, that's something, have a legacy for her beyond um the legacy she already built for herself. Because let me tell you something. The amount of people that came that I didn't know, mm-hmm. that I, there, there was even a lady that I worked with. She was my boss when I was in banking mm-hmm. that came. And, 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 and I was like, yeah, you're Miss Regatti. And she said, yes. Your mother and I were batchmates at um, Mike, uh, Michael, a short, with a short mm-hmm. with Teachers College. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you know? And she did wow. tell me that years ago, but I didn't remember, right? Mm. So it's like she has her own legacy, her legacy of kindness. The amount of people that used to live in our home, you know, that you, I would suggest it's like, they're not your children. Why are they here? You know? <laughs> and those, they never forget her. Yeah. Never. Yeah. I'd be walking on the road with her and you hear, miss, 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 miss. Wow. You know, and she's going to store. It's one of us. Oh, you can, we can get you a discount. Yeah. Unreal. So she her her legacy reigns and, and one of the things I could add, I don't know if you resonate with this, but her legacy also is living through you. Yeah. It is. You know, like people her her people still contact with contact me. They call me to check in on me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, another thing too is that another thing that came out for me too is that there are a lot of people in this world that you see that love you and you don't even know the love that they have for you, mm, that you yeah. grew up with, that you went to high school with, because yeah. they found my number and they were touching base to make sure that I'm okay. And I was like, what? Yeah. I didn't even remember you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, that, it's like, yes, real servant, you're okay. You need anything. Um, You know, your mother used to do this for me and do that for me. I was like, okay, I never know that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, uh, just, you're already sure. And and still like consistently checking on me, right? That's another. Do you have thing. any regrets? Uh I want to say regret. I, I think what I would say is that I wished that she came here and visited me more. But let me tell you something. I used to go home and be under my mother's arm like I was a child. You know, when everybody else is on vacation, going to the Greece and thing, I'm like, I'm going home to my mother mm-hmm. and literally be under her arm. And she'd be like, you're such a grown woman. Get off me. Get off. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. She was so affectionate. But um, I, the only thing is that I, I wished that I had gone home that Christmas because I was going to go home that Christmas. Um, 2016, I didn't go home. I wish I'd gone to see her. And spend time with her. That's, it's not really a regret, but I just wish I had gone there. Mm. You know? Yeah. Wow. This was a very um, in-depth, descriptive, beautiful conversation, Clarissa. Um, mm. Would you have, like, maybe a last words that you'd want to 
um, you know, share to our listeners, anyone that is going through grief in any form or in any shape. I know you've said a lot already, yeah. but is there any last words you think that you could, you could give them words of yes. wisdom? I would say acknowledge that you're grieving and get the help that you need to go through this grieving process. It is not a thing to do alone. If the people mm-hmm. who want to be on the journey with you, allow them to be on the journey with you, but seek help. Mm-hmm. Um, I always I tell all my friends who have lost, I say, try Grief Share. Um, grief Share is offered in any, um, ch- well, mostly churches. I know it's through mm-hmm. church. So it's not any one church that offers it. You can find griefshare.org and put in a zip code, you'll find it. And it's always group, um, good to be in a group that, are in the same position so that you can talk it out. So acknowledge your grief. If anyone wants to guide you on the journey, allow them to. If if it's been um, in a positive way mm-hmm. and seek help from a professional, a therapist, or you can do peer um, support group as in group share. Um, griefshare.org, griefshare, it helps a lot. And I also did a, writing through grief um, course that was really good. Um, It was offered by the, oh my gosh, the health centers here um, in Ottawa and it helped a lot. So, you know, find different ways and find a way, Mm -hmm. find the space that you are comfortable in because you have to be comfortable to be able to release all all that um, grief that's inside of you. Yeah. Definitely have to be comfortable and the resources are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. So I know this was a bit of a heavy topic. I want us to, I have one last thing I'd, li- I'd love for us to do. Um, yeah. Something a little bit lighter. Um, <laughs> so I have seven questions here. They're yeah. very random, funny, weird questions. Some of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would like for you to choose from number one to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just ask you the question and you could give me your answer. Go ahead. So from number one to seven, what number would you choose? One to seven. Mm-hmm. Let's say five. Oh, okay. <laughs> what age oh. is your inner child? What age is my inner child? My inner child is actually 18. And I say that mm. because that was the age at which I had to literally stand on my own and uh, make decisions um, for myself, right? My mom was like, yeah, you don't want to go to university? All right. The government said, this was a funny part. I know I always bring my mom back in the conversation. She said, the government said, I take care of you up until you're 18. And if you're not going to, and, and 18, if you're going to university, you're still in my care. I will take care of it, but if you're not going to university, sort yourself out. And I had to, I had to do that, you know. So, um, my inner child is at eighteen, where you 18. know, I had to stand on my own two feet. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I, I didn't have that type of independence, but I had so many help around. I had my mm-hmm. brothers who were just like cocoon around me, you know, that big warm mm-hmm. hug wouldn't let me do anything, wouldn't let me go anywhere and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was nice and thing for me and I was just lazy in it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my mother just gave me the reality check. Yeah. So, you know, I go back to her because that's when I had to make a tough decision on my own and stand up and go out and find my own job yeah. and find my own way, make new yeah. friends and all of that. And, and, and actually branch outside of the church because my whole life mm. was the church. Was the I, church. Yeah. Yes. I went to the church. I went to the church school. Um, <laughs> all the church conventions were held at the, my school. The church mm. schools, so my everything, my whole sphere was in the church. Built so that's when I the church. So I was like, pew, <laughs> we're free that's of that uh, bubble. Yeah. So for me, that's that was a really good, amazing. good age. Yeah, yeah. I had to get street smart and all of that. Yes, mm-hmm. I could only imagine. <laughs> wow. Ah, my dear, my dear. Thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you so much for opening up to such a sensitive topic and being vulnerable yeah. and sharing your lessons, sharing your story um, of of your mother's transition. What's your mother's name? You said Ivy? Ivy Christie, yeah. So Miss Ivy Christie, today yeah. we celebrate you. Absolutely. We celebrate her today. Yes, we do. All right. Thank you so much for this opportunity. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. We do hope that you learn a thing or two out of this episode. Kindly follow us on all of our social media platforms. And yo, something great is happening. Look out for our website coming out fall 2022. Take care. See you next Thursday.